Welcome to Stokes County Boys, a podcast in which two friends discuss the place and things that made them who they are and who they're not. As always, you're joined by me, Philip, and my good friend, Patrick. Patrick, what's happening? Hey, same old, same old, Philip. You know the drill by this point. <laughs> you're loving it. You're living it, right? Loving it, living it, living the dream in quarantine, whatever else comes out. I mean, every day is the same. It is what it is. Let's, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, we're, we're making it through one day at a time. As of this recording, post-Christmas, uh, we had a quarantine Christmas. Patrick, how was your Christmas? <laughs> you know what, Philip? It's become a joke because you usually ask me that, and I usually have some sort of like ridiculous story to tell about you know a family gathering. Or last year, this time I was in Barbados for Christmas. Yeah. You know, like always, always have, but this was just another. Was it Friday? Christmas was Friday. Okay, there you go. It was another Friday. It was another Friday. Christmas was just another day yeah. this year. I will say, Patrick, part of my Christmas tradition when I was in high school and early in college was to the day after Christmas hang out with Patrick and hear him rant about his family's Christmas experience. And I know it's scarring and traumatic for him, but I always had a good time. I got a kick out of it, to quote the late great... Uh, um, Fred Willard. Yes, to quote the late great Fred Willard. But anyways... <laughs> Because of course, if you if you're going to quote something, you're going to quote something from like a Christopher Guest movie. Yes, yeah, randomly. Yeah, that'll. <laughs> I think that'll be like the month of March. We'll do uh, <laughs> Spinal Tap plus um, the three Christopher Guest movies, the classic hey, ones. But anyways, these go to eleven. So yes, these go to eleven. And today we're going to talk about a television series that goes to eleven in the best way. I'll say we're talking about the boys, the Amazon series superhero series, the boys. The Garth Ennis comic turned into a television series. This one's too big for us to handle ourselves, so we had to get a little bit of help. He's a voice actor whose credits include Grand Theft Auto, Danganronpa, One Punch Man, and Spider-Man Miles Morales. But most importantly, he's also a Stokes County boy. It's Chris Turgley-Affair. How's it going, man? It's going great. Thank you so much for having me on here. Yeah, thanks for being here. Yeah, I um, I saw your uh, pod whenever you were doing this. When you asked me, I was I was very honored. This is a cool thing y'all are doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I appreciate it. You know, we're we're just seeing what you know. It's just one thing I, I've had kicking around in my head for a while. And sometimes you're like, well, I'm at home. It's time to do it. You know. But yeah, it's really cool. You're able to you're able to join us today. So it it's been a while. As we do, Chris, you got to tell us about your hometown. Well, I, um, I moved around a whole lot as a kid, but from fourth grade onward, which I think are the formative years, um, I uh, lived in King. I moved there. My, uh, my dad, uh, he owned the, uh, at the time, there was a newspaper called the King Times News, and um, <clears throat> there were four other local papers. There were a few, and I think he sold them like a few years later, and then they all became the Stokes News. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's what we came down there for. My dad was in the newspaper business. And um, when I first got to King, I had been my entire life up until that point, my, my, um, from my preschool, I lived in Cincinnati and then I lived in Indianapolis and I lived in Philadelphia. So it was a bit of a culture shock going from really large metropolitan areas to um, King and especially King in, you know, a pre-internet era, you know, just any, any small town during that. Um, so it was definitely a, a culture shock in that. Um, and it's something where my appreciation for King grew as it went on. And you, there's, 
uh, you know, I went to, let's see, I went to, uh, where was the first King intermediate, which don't no longer exist. Now what is it called? Uh, they, they split into two elementary schools. So there's like King elementary and, uh, was it olive, olive grove? Is it? Mm, that's right. They did do that. And then I went to Chestnut Grove. I went to South Stokes for a year. Did y'all, how, how many years y'all go there? I was there two years, Patrick three, right? Yeah, I was, I was three. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And uh, yeah, Pat, you came over to West Stokes though. Yep, okay. senior year. That was an interesting time for us because that was with, um, especially, I think the thing we'll all remember is the football team and the transition of like, if you were playing football and you stayed at South Stokes. Right, right. If you had started, so we had, our boys were so undersized. I mean, we're going to start freshman and sophomore and that's a yeah. big growth spurt. And we went through those two down years. I will say our senior year, it was super sweet winning three games. And, all, and we went three, we were three and two at one point. We beat South Stokes, we beat North Stokes, and then we beat Salisbury. I don't care if we lost the rest of the games, because we did. It was still a sweet <laughs> night. We were, we were county champs. We were county champs. And, yeah, um, there you go. Yeah. My, my senior year, Chris, like uh, it was your sophomore year, Phillips junior year. We, we, we spanned the, uh, the West yeah. Oaks. Uh, yeah. We represent, we represent the first three graduating classes of that high school yes. right now. So this is, this That's is true. a big meeting right now. If you, if it you don't is, know. It yes. is. Huge, huge. I mean, people will write about this for years to come. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that, that you're so right though with the with the football because you know it, it blew my mind a couple of years ago when west oaks won the state oh, championship yeah i was yeah. like wait a minute our west oaks what because like we at that point i think it was if we were in a time capsule like 10 years from now it's like the cleveland browns won the super bowl or like like the duke blue devils won the Nash. it's like wait what they always sucked they were yeah, we were yeah. such the dregs and we won we went undefeated. I know we dropped I know we dropped down some divisions, but still the fact that we ever from what we started as it was not a proud tradition. But um I'm I'm super happy. I was super proud. Well, you know, most football teams and you know, I'm teaching high school now and we had a huge win. My high school had a huge win against the county rival this year. It's the first time we oh, had nice. beat them in like twenty years. I mean it was it was great. And I, you know, Friday Night Lights, I get into that stuff. I love this stuff. Yeah. When I, I remember that first year West Oaks, you know, we didn't win any games, but that first touchdown, like maybe maybe oh, two, yeah. three, four games into the season, we scored a touchdown. Yeah. Like people were flipping out. I, mean, I know. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I did swim team. I'll just wrap up my little thing. Did swim team. Um, hopefully my relay thing is still in there, my record. Um I was with four, three other people, but I uh, did that uh, student body president of West Stokes, which I, I loved West Stokes. And um, I also worked at King Video and Tan. Oh, yes. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> we mentioned that before about and I've talked about it with other people that it was a weird thing, apparently, that the video stations also had tanning beds. And we had two of them. Yeah, they were we competing across the street. <laughs> I know it's the weirdest because I always say like, yeah, I was pro tan certified. Um, <laughs> like I, had to go, I had to go to class. I went there with uh, Robert Warner. I don't know if y'all yeah, still remember yeah, Robert. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I went there with I went there with Robert, and um, yeah, we got pro tan certified at the same time. And um, yeah, and I, I've, I've explained it to people. It's like, well, you have these bigger things that you don't need all the space for, 
And it's a very easy thing to just shove in the back. Yeah, yeah. They just had it in the um, back. But the, everyone is just like, wait, you worked at a tanning, yes. a video store in a tanning salon. It's the most foreign thing to anyone that was not out like in our 10 mile radius of King. We were talking about it with Casey McKnight because she was talking about going to Choice Video, renting Willow over and over as a kid. And I was like, yes, you went to Choice Video. I was like, I was a, I was a King Video Station family. And now you that there. you say that, I remember you working there now. And it just mm-hmm. jogged that memory. But that always mm-hmm. seemed like a cool job to have, like working at the video store. You know, it was good. Uh, I will say this. You know what? Anytime I would answer the phone, I would go, uh, I would do okay, King Video and Tanning, and they would say, you have the best voice. And in my own head, I was like, yeah, but I can't do anything with it. Okay, I always, I always got disdainful. I said, what am I going to do, go on the radio or do anything? And then I, I didn't really even realize it until I was out here that I was going to go into it. I was like three years working as, on a desk. And then I honestly felt bad because I was like, what do these people know? And then in Hollywood, I was getting approached about I was like, oh, they know. I'm an idiot, Chris. They, they know a good voice. What, what am I thinking? <laughs> Chris, I have to, I, I want to touch on a couple of things. But first, the most important thing here, I think, um, so of all the people I've met in my life, you know, of all the people that whether I've gone to high school or college or, or whatever with, you are the only person I know who can claim to have gotten a whole gym of over a thousand high schoolers. Oh do, God, this story. <laughs> to oh, do God. To, to do the D Generation X symbol and then have a thousand <laughs> children chant suck it. At an uh, assembly. Oh my God. You know, I was, um, I, I, oh, that's, that leads into this next thing. I go to Universal. Uh, well, I, I work, I do the Megatron voice at Universal. And I was talking to this, um, this other girl that works at Universal. And I said, I've only been starstruck once. Like, I, I don't get shook. Like, I get to records and occasionally I'm working with other people. And I think it's kind of like, oh, I, I don't want to go into a record and be like, oh, God, I love you. And then, like, we have to work together. And it's like, it's, I don't think it's professional. But there was one time I was walking on a lot because I always walk there to get to do my little Megatron theme park job. And I pass by The Rock. Whoa. And he's huge. And I start, and I was telling her just this story the other day. And I was like, he was such a big influence on me because I loved him. And I actually did a speech using a bunch of his catchphrases. It was the first time I had thought about that story in years. And I said, I actually got thrown out of my position as treasurer for a while. And I ran unopposed. I ran unopposed and lost. But you still did the, and the I speech. Did that speech. And um, well, you got to say, yeah, you got to set it up a little bit for our listeners that weren't okay, there. Right, cool. Fortunately, I'll, 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 I'll do this as quick as possible. Yeah. We were. I was also the reason we didn't have speeches at West Oaks for <laughs> multiple years. As long as, as, as they might do them now, but they did not have them as long as I was there. But they, it was the first year, and I was running for treasurer, and it turned out I ran unopposed. No one else ran, so I, I had it in the bag, and I was like, "You know what? I want to give a speech to just kind of welcome everyone in." And I littered it with all of these. And I mean, I was a sophomore, so I was really into wrestling. I think I may have been fifteen barely 16 at the time. Um, so I just, I, I remember like throwing in the great one, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it was, and anyway, the crowd was eating it up. I, I felt like, honestly, I remember my dad when he was going to meet with the teachers to like get me, to help get me reinstated. Cause the thing was the speech was approved, right? It was approved. That was our biggest, yeah. that was the biggest argument was 
No, the teacher, the principal read it. Everyone signed off on it. And I didn't go from the strip, the, the script. That was the biggest thing that got me reinstated. But I know they didn't anticipate it. But, you know, um, I said, if you're, not, I said, if you're down with West, if you're not down with West Stokes, I got two words for you. And then everyone went, suck it. Vote Chris. Yes. After you got, oh my God. I am so happy you remembered that. Well, Chris, I don't know if you know, but I was actually a part of the reason you were allowed to give that speech. Oh, really? Wait, how? Wait. Because um, as editor of the school paper. The paper, that's right. I, I thought you worked for the paper. We. We're on your side 100%. So you were, you were, you were. You, I remember y'all did a story and y'all actually were, you actually were a big part of it. And I think the thing was, after they reinstated me, they were like, you have to tone down the rhetoric of the, the, um, the article. Because they were like, we're reinstating them so you can, you can write about it, but you can't be as like, hey, that's not, yeah, you were editors. Thank you for that. And that was actually a big, a big thing. And I, wasn't that one of the deals? Like they were like reinstating and they're like, it's not as like bite because like y'all originally wrote like a, I mean it wasn't like a mean one. It was just truthful. It was just good journalism. See, that's what that's the way I like to think of it is good journalism because yeah. you know and and I have to admit like you know Chris like most of the seniors when they built West Oaks stayed at South Stokes. Um, kind of like you know you mentioned earlier football. You know it, I mean there, there was a lot of shifting going on. I needed to change. I was you know one of the minority that went as seniors to West Oaks. Um, we were starting a brand new school and like now as an almost 40 year old, I can look back, you know, somebody's worked in education my whole life. I get it. I know what, you know, I mean, the, the principal, the assistant principals, I mean, you're, you're trying to set a culture. You're trying to lay a foundation, completely understand. But when you're a teenager, when you're somebody that you're, you're 17, 18 years old and you think, you know, everything, I mean, they're literally giving you a key when you're, you know, you know, when your band teacher's out so that you can sub for their classes. Right, right, right. Like, you, were, like, you were like the band leader. I had a lot of responsibility, yeah. at, you know, my senior, and it really was, I, I benefited a lot from it. But, you know, also, like, what kind of precedent are we trying to set? You know, personally, I think that journalism, like free speech and, and just telling the truth, let's be honest, every word that you said had already been approved, and then they're trying to retroactively censor you. I have a problem with that. And I know that, like, that. the reality yeah. is that, like, I mean, is this a battle worth fighting? No. And so, you know, the fact yeah. that you were able to get up there was awesome. I remember very – I was talking to Philip earlier about it. I remember we we because uh, I had a lot of meetings with our principal that year. Mm. And, and and to this day, you know, Geneva Dockery, like – yeah, I, I, nothing, I, 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 yeah. Nothing but respect for her. I mean, like, like she is amazing. She she really helped shape me a lot as a human being and as a, a future teacher. And so, like, no disrespect whatsoever. She and I had a lot of meetings and stuff, but I, I remember distinctly, you know, this this uh, particular, because you were, why are you giving a speech? Because you're unopposed. Well, because you have the right to speak what your truth is even on it, but, you know, and, and I just, I still, to this day, you know, like I, I, I cannot think of you. I've known you, you know, you were in one of my math classes at Carolina. I can't right, remember yeah, which one yeah. but, but like, I cannot think of you and not think of how you had an entire group of cynical teenagers in the palm of your hand. 
you know, Wait, that's power, dude. Yeah, no, it was, it was honestly, that was one of the big, especially up to that point. I, I remember because my dad even said that he was like, I came home. I was like, that was the greatest day of my life yes. to have that sort of like thing to where everyone was on the same. It was just this fun environment where everyone was on the same page. And it was just like, I was kind of band leading them and it kind of gave into that wrestling thing, that entertaining thing that I still feed off today. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, whenever I post something or like a role gets some, but um, that's so funny. You remember it. I remember also um, one of the people that was, and th this is, this is something I mean is the highest compliment and a lesson I learned completely. And I want to give her a shout out. Um, Mrs. Moore. Um, she, uh, she was one of the ones that was spearheading me not doing it. But then after, um, after it was decided that I would go into it, she treated me so well. And then I was taking a class with her. I was taking AP history with her and I was kind of scared. I was like, is she going to be like mean to me because of her history or whatever? And she was so top notch and became one of my favorite teachers. And she taught me, she was such a great history teacher. I, she taught me, I, I can go on jeopardy with the things that she instilled in me. Uh, just one of the best teachers I ever had. And also that taught me a lesson of like, if I'm ever beat to like take the higher road and to, you know, you can still salvage a relationship, even if things were bitter. If you like approach it and just say like, you know, that happened and leave it in the past. Like I, I wasn't like going in there and be like, ha, ha, I, like I wasn't going to do that. I was scared I was going to get a bad grade, but she treated me so well and became one of my favorite teachers. And that was such a great lesson for me to learn. And I just have so much respect for Mrs. Moore. The ice is coming, the sun's zooming in. Meltdown expected, the wheat is going to Engines stuck on him, but I have no fear. Cause London is drowning, I live by the river. I do miss that about, and let me tell you about hometowns real quick. In LA, everyone shits on LA. Yeah. They, they moved out here from a town they like or either like didn't. Everyone does crap on that. I went back home to, uh, my, well, my sister got married in Barcelona and she Whoa. wasn't a jerk. She got married in Barcelona on destination wedding. She went to school out there. Yeah. She met her husband out there and um, it was equidistant with, with our families. Mm -hmm. So I, I was out there, I was with my girlfriend at the time and we went, uh, we traveled around Italy and then I went to go see my family in Northern Italy, which I'd seen, uh, 17 years earlier when I was back at packing in college, I'd saw them. And so I was seeing a lot of people for the, the, the second time since uh, 17 years ago. And I'm related to like 30% of the town. And this is a small 500 town, beautiful, idyllic Italy town. It's so gorgeous. And I was like, hey, I'm from Los Angeles, blah, blah, blah. And they all look at this gorgeous town, this small town they're like oh, and you're here blah blah blah. they're all talking crap about it <laughs> and i'm like what no this is yeah. great people would kill to come here yeah and they're just like oh blah 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 blah. so i think it, it's with all like if you ever have anyone in like king like kind of being like oh, i'm a king blah 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 it's it's very fashionable to crap on the town you're in I will always say that it's just, I've seen it so many times, but you know, King's got so many, it's got great restaurants, but got the best Italian restaurant in the entire world. I'll go to my grave there. 
I've spent a lot of money at Italian restaurants, a lot of money out here, a lot of money. I'm going to keep emphasizing that because I've spent a lot of money on Italian restaurants out here. Um, but Little Lily's the best. The Dario, that two hot dog deal. I don't care what it's at right now. It's the best deal in town. It's just, it's a great, it's a great city. King is a great city. And it's just, anytime I hear anyone that is like, oh, I got out of my blah, 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 blah. And, but like, no one's really, it's the fact is they're not happy with themselves. Yeah. If you look around, there are things that I love about LA that compared to King, there are more opportunities. I can't do my job in, in King. I right. can't do voice acting in King. But you look at a lot of things. The, the house I'm in right now that I'm renting is about $900,000. Boy, if this was a King, it's about $50,000. I mean, good God. Like, I'd like to be able to own a home. I can't own a home really out here in LA. There are pros and cons of any place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I really appreciate that I grew up in King. King was a great place to grow up, and also with my career in voice acting, it's it's made me not be an asshole. Like yeah. you know, I I went through so many hard trying times and like scrummed around so much, and I'm so thankful to God that that's happened because like it's just like I I realize what. That's like, and anyway, I could not be more proud to come from King. So, Chris, let me let me ask you two questions here. Like, one's going to piggyback on the other, and it's something we ask all our guests and all that. You know, like you're in Burbank now. You came from King. Um, if I go to Burbank right now and visit you, where are you going to take me to eat, and what are you going to recommend? And if you come back to King, where are you going to eat? What are you going to get? Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Well, if you come here, I'm going to take you to the Granville Cafe. Um, Granville Cafe, I like to describe as a dark cheesecake factory. There okay. are a few different locations. Boys <laughs> all there. They have great drinks. They have great food. I've been going there for 14 years. And at first, I thought it was kind of cheesy. It's like it's not like a, a hip place. Mm-hmm. They have the Uptown Mac and Cheese. It's mac and Cheese done to the gills. It's really, really good. Any drink you want, it's it's great. It's They have every drink you could ever want there. So I'll take you there. Now, if I go back to King, I'm going to have to do twofold. I'm going to have to do two, two of them. That's okay. I'm going to have to – I'll probably get up early because I just usually get up early. And <laughs> we're going to go to Dario. We're going to go to Dario, and we're going to get uh, two hot dogs all the way. We're going to get the fries there. Um, man, when I was in uh, on swim team and I could incinerate anything, I would go there. Get that meal. I get the fries. I get the hush puppies. Dip them in butter, and I would get a, a hot fudge sundae. I would get I would get all those things and just inhale it because I was seventeen on the swim. I'm swimming twice a day. Yeah, like, yeah. I, there is no amount of food that could keep. <laughs> I couldn't keep weight. I, y'all know me. I was 160 pounds in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, so I do that, and then we go to Little Italy, and I get spaghetti carbonara, which is the best in the world. And you can really get anything there, Sal. Like the key to having a successful restaurant, especially if you have a foreign restaurant, is having a family from the from the original place. And Sal came from Italy, and it doesn't matter if he sets up here in LA, or he sets up in Wisconsin, or if he sets up in King, North Carolina. The fact is, he knows Italian food. That's the best Italian. Y'all are so spoiled. 
with those prices, little Italy, you are so spoiled. So spoiled, I just want to punch you in the face <laughs> with the things that you can order. I Sometimes I'll tease myself. I'm like, oh, God, like, what are they doing for pizza and wings? Oh, God, that's good. That's a good deal. And then I'll go and be like, oh, what are they doing for carbonara? Oh, my God. They're doing this for, like, cheese. Steak. Like, everything there is just, they do it right. So uh, it's Dario and then uh, Little Emily. Definitely nothing wrong with yeah. either of those. Nothing calling to the zombies of death. Quit holding out and draw another breath. Nothing calling. Um, Chris, we want to talk a little bit about your um, voice acting career because this Ooh. is infinitely fascinating to me. So, just real quick, if if you don't mind, just like talk a little bit about how like how you got into that and how that how that works for you now. Like, um, it's an interesting thing. Up until probably about two or three years ago, I was telling myself, I wish I had gone to law school. Um, I started off out here. I got into law school. I got into Florida, Wake, and Carolina. And then I took an internship. UNC had a really good internship program. Um, I worked at USA Network in development. It's a whole other story, but basically I was a glorified secretary for three and a half years. And uh, being an assistant, I don't know if y'all watch Entourage, but that was during that era. It's not... I wasn't treated that badly because I stood up for myself, but like other people, other assistants in the office, it was brutal. But anyway, I did that, worked on white collar, that ended, and then I started temping around and then getting into voiceover. And I got into it because they're like, oh, you have such a lovely voice that anyone can do voiceover. It depends on your acting chops. So anytime someone says like, I don't have a great voice, like you can still do it if you have a good personality and you have the acting thing. So I had to basically retrain and I took so much class. I invested so many resources into this and it was such a long climb of just so many things. And even when you think, I was the main villain in Marvel vs. Capcom. I was Ultron Sigma. And Marvel vs. Capcom, the fighting game, I don't know if you remember growing up, huge franchise, huge franchise. And I got in there, I I auditioned under a code word and it was completely celebrity based. I was the only one I was gonna be the main villain. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is the thing I'm gonna be remembered for. And this is such a huge property. Recorded two years later at E3, you couldn't walk a block in LA without seeing my character plastered upon, upon a billboard. It was that big. That game came out and flopped. Flopped and it's a dead game now. And I remember just laying in my bed. I literally cried. I like, I didn't like, I didn't sob. It was just like, I thought that was it. And then I was like, you know, let's just keep going. Let's, let's just keep, you know, it's been, you know, I, I, I the, the good thing at this point is I can take any rejection. There's not a, <laughs> I am immune to it. I don't get nervous. I, I just don't. There's too many things, but eventually it started hitting again. Um, I was on a Disney show, which was really cool. I have a, a lot of cool scenes with Jessica Walter on that, on uh, Star vs. the Force of Evil, which is just amazing. Um, and I got to be in some really cool video games. And uh, honestly, the fandom from uh, Rampa, that game I, I talked about earlier, uh, with Gundam Tanaka, the fan base is just so rabid. And, you know, it, I get things, and I, I this is not like a, a flex, I just get things like this nearly every day. I got this nice message um, I just want to share because I, I saw it earlier today and I don't open all of mine because I, I just get a lot of um, things, but I liked this message a lot. Uh, this, this person said, hi, Chris, is it okay to say in parentheses, 
I don't think you will see this message, but I really need to say that. I want to say thank you. Thank you for your streams, for voicing Gundam and Ryoma. Thank you for your activity on social media. I know I'm just a random teenager, but all things you do on the internet really helps me out. That's all. Just thank you. Have a nice day. And those are the connections I've been able to make with a lot of people in the, in like, I, I do cameos and shout outs and yeah, things. Yeah. And a lot of them, my, my character is a very big, com- I think the word comes up is comfort character. Mm-hmm. Just something that they kind of look back to. Um, so it, it's been, it's been really amazing that I've been able, I think the, probably the biggest thing is being able to affect people that you never met just with something you did, I think is, um, it's, it's really humbling and it, it's really cool. And like, cause I, I really don't, I'm very happy in the place I'm living and, and everything. Like I, I, I don't have any, I don't want to be rich. I don't care yeah. you know, or anything like that. So I just, I kind of want to keep doing what I love. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's art. That's what you want to do with art. You want people to receive it and, and you want it to move them in some way. So that's pretty amazing that you've been successful in that, you know? So yeah. that's great. No, I feel very fortunate. And Patrick, you were, what was the question you had before? Chris, kind of, I mean, what you just said is absolutely awesome. I have a question for you here. So like, you know, you've had some really cool roles and, you know, you've done cartoons, video games. Uh, I believe there's been some commercials even. Like, I mean, uh, Dara, I think you mentioned it earlier, but Dara, throw it out there. I mean, like you can lay claim as a voice of Megatron, which for people our age, oh my God, that's amazing. Like, that's awesome. And you do a great job with it. Is there a specific, like, you know, subgenre or, or whatever of voice acting that you really enjoy or connect with the most? Or does it depend on the character? Or, you know, what, what, what draws you right now as an artist to certain um, characters? You know, it's interesting you say that because a lot of, I was talking to one of my friends because I get typecast in anime a lot. I, and in video games a lot, a lot of times I am the, I always call him the, Hey, you, I'm the, Hey, you guy. And the, Hey, you guy in these, uh, in these video games is you're going around, you're Miles Morales. You're just like flying around and I'm in a warehouse. You're like, can't believe boss has been working this late. It's like, Hey, you hear something? What was that? Hey, you, you know, and you do that. And I do it all the time. And it's like, all right, let's get some effort noises. Also, if you're doing effort noises, cause I do a lot of these heavies, I do a lot. And like, I'm also marketed uh, by my agent. I'm with a big agency, but like my voice doesn't break. I I'm one of the few people in Hollywood where I can take any strenuous session. Um, and I, I will go up against anybody with that, but it kind of just means you're a utility meat puppet or whatever. But, um, if you're ever doing effort, uh, damage noises in a game, listen out for them because they're all vowel noises. <laughs> so, <laughs> a lot of times we get to that point in the game, it's like, all right, you got to take medium damage, light damage, heavy damage, <laughs> medium damage. Just give me your vowel noises. Just, just go through all of them. We'll, we'll split them up. But um, one thing that I like, I like, um, I like characters that have an arc that have, you know, a beginning or that that people make an emotional connection to. There's a game I can't talk about, but it'll be out coming out of March uh, where I get to do kind of that. Um, It's a, it's a game. I'm pretty stoked about that one. That'll be cool. But that's, that's the things I like. I like characters where it's not just like, you know, because the hey you guys not changing anybody's lives <laughs> like, you know it's good to add to the story it's good to do a good job it's good that 
whenever when y'all are playing video games, when anyone's playing video games, there's not someone that goes, ow, ow. And then you're playing. It's like, what, what was that? That sucked. Um, you, you don't want anyone taking out of it, but it doesn't matter how good I die or get electrocuted or on fire and scream my lungs out. That's not really changing anybody, but there's a lot of utility players like that. Also in anime, the anime protagonist has a very, they sound, they're all 16 year old sounding the, all the characters are 16 year olds and then they have to sound like 16 year olds. So I, in the last three game, the last three animes I'm in, I'm the expo guy. I'm that guy you get to that explains the rules of the universe. Like here's how demons are killed. Here's how this happens. And it's because there's always one by like, I don't understand. It's basically somebody saying, I don't understand how the show works. And my character's there to be like, here are the parameters to choose a new princess. Blah, 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 blah. So, um, Anyway, but I, I like those arc characters. Has the pandemic affected your your? I'm very blessed, probably more than any other business, because I um I my studio is over there in the corner. I don't know if you can see it, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, a <laughs> I I had my entire room outfitted with sound proofing and with acoustics. Like I had a, I paid someone a lot of money to come and like kind of treat this thing. So my, I had a home studio and at the beginning of it, if you didn't have a home studio, it was basically like if the bombs dropped and you didn't have a shelter. So um, I felt very fortunate. I booked an auto ad straight off the bat um, and it had a buyout instead of just like residuals. And it was just for the pandemic. I think this is kind of funny. Um, it was just for the pandemic. It was like, here's this new no touch test drive. Here's how you come in and blah, 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 and do this. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you know, I usually always go with the, resi- like I only do things if they're residuals for it. I'm going to go with, but this, this thing will only air two weeks. We're going to, people are going back in the dealership in two weeks. That thing aired for seven months. Oh, I would no. never have done oh, it no. with the pitiful little buy. Every time I heard it, people were like, ka-ching. I was like, no, dude. This no, I would hear my um, just it aired all the time because that's all they're doing. So it was a real. I felt like such a genius. I was like, I'll take this money right now. <laughs> oh wow, you idiots! Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but hey, you're you're still able to do your thing though. That's that's kind of the nice thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm very for we're I'm still I, I've had um sessions uh, throughout the entire thing. I've went into the. Yeah, I the only I went into the studio once and it was so weird because they it was for a property that is huge. Absolutely huge. And they showed me this awesome trailer for the property. And they're like, all right, here's your character. And literally I was in and out of there in 10 minutes. My lines were, Hello, how are you? What do you mean by that? Are you okay? Well, go get them. Good luck out there. Hey, be careful. I'm not even joking. Wow. That's all my wow. character did. Okay. I am I am so NPC and bit character. It will blow because I was like, you made me come in for the and it was a good paying job, but like I was in and out of there in 10 minutes, and I was like, I, I was like almost in the entire thing. It would be like it's not Harry Potter, but I'm I'm using it for a big price. You watch Harry Potter, the trailer of all these wizards doing battle. And then you bring me in and I say those lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Like the thing is, it's so much harder to do those limited lines mm-hmm. because you're, you don't you have anything to work on with. them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I'm thinking about it, like I'm saying hello. I don't want to be like, it gets in your head. It's like, hello. Is that good for a hello? It's like, I guess it is. Hello. Hello. 
Like just one word really screws you up, as opposed to like back there. You had my back, and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Blah 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 blah. blah. That's my terrible improv. I'm glad they have scriptwriters for this. Hey, uh, I, I was moved. <laughs> I, I I bought it. Hey, hey, back there. Let me say the word back a few more times. Thanks for having my back. Let's get back to the base. One thing I want to say is that Andrew Voss, who I grew up with, a good friend of mine, um, back at West Stokes. Uh, he contacted me about he was a uh, head of an anime club or he was one of the people that was um, organizing that. And they had an anime club at uh, Chestnut Grove, which I can't even imagine growing up. That was just so foreign to me. Yeah. And he said, I told them that you <laughs> went there and they all flipped out. Would you consider doing a video call? And I was like, of course I would. I did not know this would ever exist in King, North Carolina. And people actually care about me and I'm came from the place like, yes, 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 yes. So I was able to do a call with them and it was so wonderful. It was just so great to see how our, our towns progress. Not that like that's the benchmark of progression as an anime club, but that we've become that much more diverse and just it's, I mean, I don't even watch that much anime, but the fact that like these kids had a place to go and a place to have friendships was awesome. And I was so privileged to talk to them. And actually on one of my TikTok videos, um, they, uh, which I mean, kind of blew up, but anyway, there were 13,000 comments. And I was scrolling through, I was like, I'm never gonna get through all of this. One of them said, did you come talk to a middle school? Cause I'm one of those students. And I liked it and I said, Yes, Chestnut Grove. That's my alma mater. <laughs> I replied <laughs> yeah. back to that comment, and I was able to find that one kid that watched it that was like, "I'm throwing this out into the sea of comments that probably aren't going to get read." And I was like, "Wait, yeah." Like usually, I'm going through. It's like, "Oh, that's nice. That's nice. That's nice." Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. you're from anyone from King gets my automatic attention. So yeah. anyone contacting me from King, um, if especially if they're have questions about voice acting or anything like that. Um, if y'all listen to this, even if um, you're not a student at West Stokes or anything, um, if anyone has a question about voice acting, if you're from King, you automatically get my full attention. Awesome. We're going to be right back. We need to take a break. But when we get back, we're going to talk the boys. The Stokes County boys here, the three of us talking the boys. A nuclear error, but I have no fear. Stokes County Boys is brought to you in part by Bull City Bows and Ties. Gussy up your puppy with these easy-to-attach fashion collar accessories. Your kitty will be sitting pretty in these handsome bows and ties. So go to etsy.com slash shop slash Bull City Bows and Ties to see over 50 styles and patterns. Founder and CEO is vet technician by day, pet fashion icon by night. Independently owned and operated, Bull City Bows and Ties can be found on Facebook or Etsy shop. Once again, etsy.com slash shop slash Bull City Bows and Ties. Bull City Bows and Ties. Tell them the Stokes County Boys sent you. back patrick we're back we're back all right now so for our uh special presentation today 
our feature presentation. We're talking about The Boys, the Amazon Prime television series. We've got two seasons so far. Now, this is something that I hadn't seen until I was in communication with Chris. Chris was like, I'm really into this show. I'd like to talk about it. I was like, okay, whatever. But yeah, Chris, just to get us kick us off, tell us why why did you suggest this in the first place? I've I've been in like voice acting. I've done some superhero things. I have superhero fatigue. I am kind of I mean, I, I like the movies, but at the same point, I'm kind of over it. Uh this was such a great take on let's say superheroes were real. How would they actually be mark you know we think about everything that's marketed now with athletes or like celebrities and of course think about how iron man had a lot of success how all these movies have success if you actually had real superheroes they would be in the real movies they would be marketed they would have their own comics and the thing is imagine if they were real you would watch those things with a whole new respect knowing those aren't special effects that's actually them doing everything and if they were real in the in the city and they were like fighting crime, I'm using quotation marks, you know, fighting <laughs> crime, like if they were doing their like sort of thing, how would it actually, how would the world actually work if there were superheroes? And the fact is they would be bought up by corporations. It'd be endorsements. It wouldn't be, I'm doing this because I, you know, you know, so I love Spider-Man growing up and I still love Spider-Man, but it wouldn't be that, you know, I'm doing, someone would approach Spider-Man throwing him so much money. He couldn't turn it down. And that's basically with all these superheroes. Um, so that's what intrigued me. And uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll just say that's what intrigued me about the series at first. And then it goes and it's, I think it's fantastic, but I'll throw it back to y'all so we can continue the conversation. Yeah. Now, just so everybody knows, Patrick went through like, uh, he kind of procrastinated with his homework to check out this series and did like a two day binge. Patrick, where are you at right now with this show? <laughs> I can't tell if my eyes are bloodshot or bleeding, <laughs> but I, I am really glad that I watched this. You know, I mean, like it's hard for me and maybe this is the pandemic. Maybe this is just my personality. Maybe it's growing up. I don't, I, what, I don't know what you want to call it, but like for me, it's really hard for me to get into a television series. I completely binged these first two seasons and, you know, Chris, Philip, let me say this, and I mean this as the ultimate compliment to the series, because, you know, I know we're going to get into, you know, discussing. I want to read the comics. I want to read the comics. I, I, I can answer that really quickly. I read the comics. I read them the entire time. I can tell you unequivocally, you don't need to read the comics because the, it's so, it's very juvenile. It's very shock rock. Also, um, in it in the actual comics, the all of the boys have had. Let's see, how do we dive into this? As far as like, at this point, I will say, stop listening if you have not seen the series. Can yeah. we do that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Pause yeah. the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Do a binge like Patrick has. Burn your eyes yeah. out. Watch it all. Yeah. And then come Watch back. Watch it to all, us. and then come back to this moment. Time market. Come yeah. back. Okay. Yeah. And now that you're here, you're like, okay, I know everything. Welcome. The boys in the comics all have Compound V and are stronger than every single superhero in the universe. Really? So they're, they're, 
their ability to solve every problem is to beat them up. The uh, only people they are not stronger than are Homelander and Black Noir. Oh, That's the okay. only two people. It, it it gets really it's it's Garth Ennis being. I, I, I've been on forums. I've done all this stuff. I love the series so much. Okay. Watch the series. It's so I I enveloped it and I wanted to know the actual basis of it. It's such a great premise, but the comics do not live up to it. You will waste time. It's a, it's, there, there are a few things like Butcher's backstory is pretty cool in the comics. I'll say they did a good job with that. Mm-hmm. His relationship, his relationship with his father was a really good kind of side note. But other than that, it is very shocky. It's very, it's just kind of like, why are we including this like really shocking, triggering thing? And it's it, anyway. I don't recommend the comics to anyone. Okay. Enjoy the. And I think they know that too. Mm-hmm. I think they. And I think even Garth knows. I think everyone <laughs> knows. Like there was a golden idea here that yeah. just doesn't get realized. Even people that were like, I'm um, putting this quotes like fans of the comics. People that like enjoyed it. They're like the series takes it and puts it in a real world thing. There are certain things in the comics where it's like, well, why is this even being allowed? The public wouldn't so, allow that. So Chris, like. What I'm hearing, like, like, let me just make sure I got this right. You're saying that the show is better than the comic in this case. Complete, a hundred percent. Wow. Not wow. even. There's nothing about the comic that you would say is lesser than the show. Can you expand on that a little bit? Like, it, like, let's say you had a great idea. What if superheroes were real and they were corrupt? And you have that idea, mm-hmm. but then you just take in this complete sophomoric. They're all like doing really lewd crass things um and also just the way the boys stop them is is bad because it's like they all have compound the boys are all superheroes basically yeah huey has compound v butcher has compound v um right they did a good thing of like we do need one person that has compound v that can be the muscle and they do that with in the comics she's called the female and She's uh, Himiko. Yeah, yeah. Is that it? yeah. Mm-hmm. Himiko in there. So they have one of that. All the other boys, like Huey was like kind of the reticent one. Like, I don't know if I really want to be doing. It's kind of a big wuss in the comics, but he could accidentally kill superheroes. Mm-hmm. Like they, and I, I, I didn't buy that. I was like, well, no, there were, there's, there's never any danger ever. It's like, let's go in there, wreck it. We go right. in there, wreck it, you know? It's it's a mess. I mean, I don't want to go in. It's so crass. I'm not going to talk about it on the show. I'm just telling you, don't read the comics. You're not you're not also missing anything. If you want to do anything, uh, if you want to read the comics, one of the good things is uh, it's a later volume and it's just a flashback. It's it's Butcher talking to his father in the in his coffin, mm. and it's a series and it's a. Uh, I think it's called like Butcher, Baker, Candlestick Maker. Okay. Um, and that one gives a backstory of him in the Falkland Islands, him as working as a British soldier, and the backstory with his dad explains a whole lot there. That's a really good one, but it's also isolated from the rest of it where it's just like, you know, you know, and it, it, the, the traumatic scene at the beginning was not just, it's not the deep. The deep was actually big and black in the show in the in the comics a train's white nor's white um was it actually 
Wasn't Stormfront was that- a male, right? It was a man. Stormfront was a male. Stormfront was a male Nazi. That was a great change. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Right, now, let's get back to the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Chris, I just want to say that, like, when, you know, you see these things, like, the boys came out the first season, and the I think it was a miss. It, it was kind of a bad way to show the trailers and stuff, because the way you were kind of mentioning where it was like, oh, these are superheroes, but they, like, do drugs and cuss you know and you're just like and for me i like you i kind of have superhero fatigue and you know we did an episode on on the the massive amounts of more superhero stuff we're getting from disney and it's just like oh my god the proliferation and we can't we can't I, yeah i, I wanted to talk the- about this with patrick in that episode but like we, we we hadn't discussed this yet and like but that's when like you mentioned this and i was like all right okay yeah sure i'll be, you know i'm gonna go in it with an open mind we're gonna try it out i watched that first episode and like in the first five minutes where huey is walking out with his girlfriend and then a train runs through his girlfriend and just like decimates her and he's covered in blood and he's like, uh, uh, whatever. And just uh, like cowardly runs away. I'm just like immediately I'm just, I'm bought in and I'm just like, Oh, here we go. And this cured me of this. As I was like, like you said, what if superheroes are real? Not only are they, in like they're bought by corporations they're just like this extension of this corporate entity they're in their own movies they're just making money for themselves and much of money for other people like homelander is just this like fantastic and then in the second season you get a stormfront they're, they're also just like straight up fascists and you're like yes this would be like if if superheroes were real and they had all this power and it was you know, all this power is concentrated in one human being or whatever they are. This is what it would be like. And I was just like, thank you, Chris Turgley because like, I love this series. I loved it so much. And I was just like, I, it, I otherwise I wouldn't have watched it because I was, I just dismissed it like erroneously. I dismissed it, but yeah. It was great. I loved it. It's probably my biggest contribution is turning people on. To the yeah. Place. Yeah. My career, but it's, um, well, I mean, cause especially with Homelander, Homelander yes. is Superman without a kryptonite. Yes. He has no way to be killed. And I think the thing that is, especially whenever you get into the second season, it's he loathes the people that loves him, but he also needs it. He has to have it. He, you know, cause I think the thing is like, you know, when you get to that climax of like, what's keeping me from just erratic, he basically kind of says, what's keeping me from eradicating the world and everyone, I'm just like floating around doing that. And it's like Queen Maeve's like, I will show everyone what a monster you are. Yeah, yeah. And such a trump card. And you realize he needs that affection. He needs that. And the thing I love about that show, it, the, I think the main thing I want everyone to take away from but that. But that is his kryptonite, Chris. That's his kryptonite. Is oh, that not, is uh, very true, Philip. Very true. It's the it's the adulation. It's the attention. It's the love that he was deprived of. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, you see that during whenever he thinks he can solve, like, whenever he's looking at the social media reaction. And, God, Anthony Starr, when he, his facial reactions, just, like, doing that just a little like twinge in the eye the the you see he's going insane yeah he's so good and 
Yeah, I mean, but the fact is, all of the characters have so much depth. They all have flaws, and they all like. I mean, you look at someone. A Train is a murderer. Mm-hmm. A Train's a murderer twice. He runs over Robin. He kills his girlfriend in cold blood. Um, but then, the, you know, in the second, we see his thing, and you know, he says something really good to like Starlight's trying to take them down, and. I, I, one of the things I love was she's like, it's not about the money. It's like, only people say that the people that like always had it. And it's something in that degree. And that like, that strikes a chord with me. And then you realize it's coming from murder. You, uh, you talk the deep, you see his entire arc and you yeah. feel bad for him. He's a rapist. Yeah. I mean, basically, you know, yeah. Right. And so, but you still, everyone's so in depth. You see it with Homelander, his entire upbringing, um, I'm not sure if they touch on this in the, the show, but in the comics, he was brought up with a nuclear bomb beside him. Oh, wow. Um, in case he got out of line. No, um, they, they didn't do that in the show, but it, it's understood that he just like was in a lab as a child, mm, you know? Yeah. And you know, he, 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 um, and you notice that when he's talking to his son, mm-hmm. whenever he like, he, occasionally when he does that. Queen Maeve, I mean, God, whatever, God, that movie scene just, that killed me. It's so good. It's like, I, I'm like you. I'm gay. I laughed. I had to pause the thing. I mean, it was, it was just like, she's being forced in this corporate environment to, like, say this on the and then even let him kiss because it's like, you know, this corporate thing and uh, the Maeve pride bar, you know. Bisexuality is a test as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. You yeah, even yeah. Feel Those for writers, Ashley, the PR woman. Yes, you know, for her. Yeah, even those writers in the second season, those writers that like pitch ideas for the movies to the superheroes. It's just so good. Oh God, yeah, yeah. And like the little like they kind of make pokes at uh, you know the that Joss Whedon rewrite was was oh something. yeah <laughs> and girl, then, girl's gonna die like oh that that Whedon re- that Joss rewrite hurts or, uh, yeah, or the I mean, the like good. women can do it they're kind of poking fun at um at like Endgame where it's like all oh, the women that have that oh, moment yeah, yeah, in that final battle got help yeah, yeah and then and I love the it's been po- it's been posted a million times but the thing is like they did that whole women empowerment scene so much better yeah. at the end yeah where they were like eat shit you nazi bitch yes you know? oh my <laughs> so, god yeah you know because i mean stormfront was a i i like the fact that they made because if she was a white male it's a little too easy to be like oh you're the villain um but she was doing this women empowerment thing which honestly we kind of like look back on our own lens of society not to, i'm not that deep i'm not that deep but a few years, about, you know, nine years ago, we had occupied Wall, Wall Street. Mm-hmm. And what did they do? They started releasing like Gillette ads where it's like, hey, here's toxic male masculinity. And basically corporations, and then you have people on the left praising corporations and people on the right like being like, no, I'm not going to buy Gillette razor. Even they know <laughs> they, they're going to. Like, you know, people, I, I, I'm, I'm with the people on the right. I just buy the things that I want to buy. I can't boycott anything really on a moral stance. I'm just that, I'm that far ingrained. But the fact is, corporations turn us against each other with these, like, getting into the culture wars. With like, oh, we support, you know. But they don't And first care. off, I, I support completely 
everyone, um, any sexuality and, uh, like, especially like so many of my friends, friends are trans and yeah, like, so yeah. I've learned so much about the community. Um, I feel like corporations have done that to ju- corporations. Yeah. They, they use it. It's, it's fake. It's fake. They're there to make money and they're there to get, keep the left off them by being like, well, you're going to attack me. I've been, I've been so woke with all these social causes. <laughs> so I like the fact that um, they kind of called attention to that with like Stormfront. It was just basically like, Oh, I'm doing, you know, before they knew she was a Nazi, but she was still like, you know, doing all these things. Um, the one thing, the comic, if we go back to the comic and the thing, um, the comic guy uh, is a company man. You never even know his name is Stan Edgar, mm-hmm. who is the guy who is, uh, is a Giancarlo, the one that plays the uh, guy. Uh, Stan uh, um, Esposito is his last name. Esposito, Esposito. Yeah, yeah. yes. You're such a good job. He's the only guy that makes it to the end of the comics that wins because he is the embodiment of the corporate thing. He gets out when he needs to, he says when he needs to, and he just like he adapts and moves, and he's just a slithery little thing. Uh, and he survives to the end of the comics. He's about the money. He knows she's a Nazi, and then he kind of called. They they even gave more than in the comics because the guy in the comics was white, but he gives. It's like how's that feel like you know as a black man? It's like. Makes my, he gives one line to it. Makes his skin curl. As long as the sock goes up, doesn't matter. I'm going to be in my position. I'm still the most powerful person here. Everyone knows he's the most powerful person there. He's the one person that can talk down to Homelander. He's honestly the only person in the entire world that can talk down to Homelander. When I'm watching this, I'm looking at a lot of the social issues that are being brought forward and all this stuff and and i will be the first to admit being a white male from stokes county from from a predominantly white upbringing you know and i love living in durham i love the diversity like the fact of the matter is that like i still know that i'm going to come from a lens on my eyes that are different than say an african-american male female an Asian male, female, yeah. like somebody that is not white. I, I want to be very clear about this. I like in this series how the characters are parodies of what we already have. And it, you know, it's tongue in cheek, but it's also two middle fingers up. Yes, Homelander is Superman. Yeah. And, and you know what? The more I watch this, the more I realize. I hate Superman. <laughs> like, because, like, this dude, like, for real, who are you to be our savior? Who are you to be the moral judgment of our character on this? You know, I, I feel like, you know, there's a lot of existential questions that you can bring up regardless of whether we're watching Iron Man, you know, Marvel, DC, The Boys, Amazon, you know, whatever. I like that there were direct correlations with the characters. Queen Maeve, Wonder Woman, you know, mm-hmm. uh, The Deep, Aquaman. I want to say something about Aquaman, The Deep, whatever we want to call this dude. I, I really had a problem with this character because after ignore the first episode. You want to empathize with him. You want to, you know, he he's... He thinks he's a freak because he has gills. He's, he's been cast out of the seven. He's 
trying to make his way back. He's insecure. He like you really want to empathize. Why did he get to that point? Well, it's because he attempted sexual assault. Like, like I, I really have a problem with that. You and, know, and, and, yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree. It's you know, this is something that's going on in our country, and something like um, you know, we have Kamala Harris, who's going to be our uh, vice president. Um, the reason she was getting kind of pilloried before in the Democratic elections was uh, criminal reform. She wasn't going to win her own state because she wasn't liked here because of incarcerating a lot of non-offender drug. This not I like Kamala. Let me first off say I like Kamala. I'm excited about this new administration. No, but it's uh, not. It's not cut and dry though. You're right. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. It, it, but you know, um, with, with that, the thing is with the deep, and it's the same thing kind of with like with anybody that does a big offender thing. Are they always just going to be a rapist? Are they always just going to be a dog killer? Do we allow rehabilitation with these people? Because the thing is, the fact is, if we allow with, if they do a heinous crime and they do the time, and I know the deep didn't do the time, so that's a bit of a different story. He just but got like, sent to Cleveland. Kind of he just went to Cleveland. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, he got relegated <laughs> over there, yeah. Um, and they also, she also, this wasn't a one-off offense. Still welcome. Says if there are there going to be others with it? Mm-hmm. I I like the fact because the fact is, at, you remember whenever um, we we feel for A Train. Yeah, we feel for A Train yeah, yeah, yeah. when he's talking to because she is very much putting him down simply because he's black mm-hmm. and saying he's an inferior. And he's on his way out of the seven. He had no leverage, and he's looking at Church of Collective. And she's kind of talking that smack to him. The fact is, we all empathize with A-Train because that is such an injustice. It doesn't matter that A-Train is a murderer. Flat flat out, two murders that we know of. Running through Robin, which could probably be manslaughter. And then the straight-up murder of Popclaw. His girlfriend. We still relate to A-Train. And I think that with the deep, it's like, yeah, we. it's just... All of these people are covered in mud. Not everyone, people are in lesser degrees. And the fact is you have to allow for a certain ability of rehabilitation. Otherwise, and, you know, we got a little bit of that. I like, I love that Starlight, he was like, I, I'm getting better. He, he felt like he was better when he was near that whale, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, are you kidding me? Like, just get the <laughs> f- out of here. Uh, the fact is I like the... I like feeling for characters like that because even in all lesser degrees, we've all kind of messed up. It's not like we're all, everyone is in that. So anyway, yeah. Chris, you, you just hit it on the head. Like we've all messed up, but here's the thing though. It's like when I'm watching this series compared to, and, and let me be honest, like, you know, the DC universe right now, Suicide Squad, the Justice League, like I cannot get into these movies. I I, I think I, I hate them. I don't like them. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, that's a yeah. that's a different argument for a different day though. The Marvel comics movies right now, after Endgame, I don't know what's getting ready to happen, but like at this point, I think of them very positively. You know, when I look at this series, like when I look at the boys on a standalone basis. I really like that I can empathize with all the characters, the good and the bad, because they're all flawed 
And I like the tension. It's not hunky-dory up in the tower. There, It's not the Justice League that you're being shown that everything is great. There's some serious shit that's going mm-hmm. on. Like, like legit life-and-death stuff between character to character. And, you know, I, I like it, but it also makes me uncomfortable, which is the point. But, like, you know, we, we all have our demons. We all have our issues. We all have things that make us human and i think by seeing that in these superhuman characters we can relate more with them i like that the actors that we're watching are not just these models that are thrown in our faces like we've gotten year after year these are like people like you and i these are people like us that that we would be friends with possibly mm. Um, I loved what you said about like that these people are um, flawed that you can kind of relate to. Um, I'll tell you though, my favorite member of the seven. Who do you think it is? Uh, oh my god! There's one of them I relate to a whole lot, and that's actually not even helpful because you won't guess it off that <laughs> one. Starlight. I'm gonna go Starlight. See, I want to say uh, Noir because like Noir. <laughs> Patrick, Patrick, you win. Oh. Patrick. <laughs> It's it's Black Noir. You know what? Black Noir just does his job. Yeah. He does his job each time he's sent. He does that in the first season. It's like, some of you become erratic, sloppy. Not you, Noir. You've been great. And he's just kind of (laughs) like, and he just, he goes out. He's got his job. His job was to stop Starlight. He's like, he just goes out and does these things. And he's just, an unstoppable killing. And also I love the fact that like Homelander respects him. Mm-hmm. Homelander is very much like, Hey, you're, I, you're, a, you're a coworker that is doing his job and I'm not coming down on you. Like, even though Homelander is more powerful than Nor, I'd say Nor is like, he, he just gets the job done each time. Until he has to eat an almond joy. <laughs> oh God, you take him down with that. The, which, also, it make, it goes back to that earlier scene where he went to the IT woman and he's like, trash can, put the almond joy in there. And uh, it's like Billy Butcher sits down. I just think everything he does is just really funny and just like, and also he, you can tell he has a soft spot after the first mission in the first first episode where he tries to cheer up the kid with like, you know, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's just like, and he was crying whenever he found out they were injected with compound V. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'll say my favorite is Homelander, and I like Stormfront. I don't relate to them because they're just like monstrous fascists, or I don't want to relate to them. Maybe I do more than I'd like to admit. But um, the performance of Antony, right? And and the lady that plays Stormfront, I'm blanking on her name right now, but they're just awesome, and it's just so great. She's and like, Jewish, by the way, any <laughs> no, but any scene with the two of them, and when they were like in their relationship, it was just amazing. Oh, like in the God. second season, I mean, like I just I was just like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Like dealing with superheroes that I've seen in in many, many years. And it, it was just like, I love every minute. Are they doing a third season of it? Yeah. No, I mean, they have to do a third season. I, I think that they, they left the end of the second <sighs> season, kind of like we see with almost any show at this point mm-hmm. where there's, there is a final, you know, period. 
that could easily turn into like a comma. You, you're and, completely, you're completely right, Patrick. And I was talking to my roommate because we were both huge The Boys fans. We watched the first three episodes, and then you know they went week to week, and then they released uh, a few at the end. Um, but I talked to him, and I was like, I think Stormfront is going to be the season arc. I was like, I think she is going to be the one that's either solved, goes off that that entire. She's not going to be part of the seven at the end. And I mean, that's the way I think at this point to really do television. The days of Lost are gone. No one's at you as the viewer, like anyone's listening to this. Everyone put so much faith into the writers of Lost, and you and at the end of it, you you knew they had no idea where they were going. <laughs> and ABC tried a few different. ABC tried a few different shows afterwards. They tried Flash Forward. Um, they tried The River. They tried the nine. They tried so many of these things that would keep someone on the hook. And the audience was like, oh, no, I've been taken for this ride, and you have no idea where it's going. And in the writer's room of White Collar, we did this stupid music box thing. I really don't give a shit about talking shit about White Collar, um, about how I'm talking bad about it. <laughs> and I got so unceremoniously dismissed. And, yeah, if I ever have, like, a diss track or whatever, it's like, Oh man, I'm crawling back up on you. You should have killed me when you had the chance. But um, anyway, with White Collar, we had this thing about a music box. And then I got in and it's like, why does Neil want this music box? Nobody knew. Nobody knew the whole thing. We came up with this convoluted, crappy idea that if people were watching, if they saw the inside of the writer's room and they watched the third season, they would be disgusted. Because all we do is, a lot of times in t- television shows, they paint themselves into a corner, mm-hmm. and they think, I can get myself out of this. I can do this. Or like, about it next week. it's too stupid to realize yeah. it. But honestly, after Lost, there was a big shift of like, you know, it's almost like that relationship where that person takes you on that ride, and they break up with you at the wrong time, and it's like, never again. So basically, I think with shows, even with a mystical thing, you have to have season arcs where... That was that season. That was that season. But also leave it open for Uh there's a little bit, there's a little bit something there Mm -hmm. that intrigues you to catch it next time if it comes back. Oh, definitely, definitely. Based on what you just said, I'm going to go off on a little bit of a rant here. (laughs) Go off, rant. I will try to like, you know, condense and like control myself with this. But, you know, you're absolutely right. But here's the thing. It's like, it's all about, and, and part of this is dealing with what the the superheroes that we are talking about, you know, this is the Vault Corporation, you know, make the movie, whatever. It's all about money and all mm-hmm. this, like, we want a good story. And in the end, like, think back, if, if we had to talk, if we sat here right now and said, okay, let's come back in five minutes and say, what's the one overarching story that uh, fiction, whatever that that you have been exposed to in your lives, you know that that really was the number one. And and call that call that what you will. Like like I'm on a desert island, and this is the only book series I have to read. Is this the only you know like you know is it Harry Potter? Is it the James Bond series? Is it the you know when when I'm thinking about like specifically with the boys when i'm thinking about like a superhero show this and that and other like it's clear that the 
producers and all that stuff are going from season to season with hope that it continues on because there's a larger story. When I was first binging this <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> wait, wait how, how many episodes have you watched? In Chris, I have watched every one of, like, I've watched all of the first two seasons in the last 48 hours. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, first Chris, off, I, I, you know what? I, I would say, like, oh, man, that, that's rough. But also, I love the show that much. I'd be like, congratulations on the best two days of your life. That would be the best <laughs> two days of my life to do that it, show. It's like when you stab yourself in the hand, and it, it's like you love the pain. <laughs> that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> You're a sick bastard, Patrick, and I love it. I am, and it's great. I want, listen, let me be honest with you guys. When I first, like around episode two, three, four-ish, yesterday morning, probably, I kept thinking, man, this reminds me of Firefly, mm. the show Firefly. Because, I mean, like, it was a good show. It, Of course, you know, Joss Whedon, it, it was a different director, story, you know, whatever. But, like, I was getting the same feel because it's like, it's kind of predictable, but at the same time, it's it's different. It's a twist. It's like it's it's a spaghetti western, but it's set in space. It's Star Wars and Star Trek. You know, like mm. this is Firefly, and but I'm watching this. You know, I'm, this is Iron Man, but it's also Wonder Woman. It's also like mixing. Like there's so much going on, mm-hmm. and and two more little bullet points dealing with the boys. And I want to I want to hear your thoughts on. I want to hear your thoughts on these, and they kind of play into each other. I can suspend disbelief. Like, I can, I can, like, okay, we're watching a comedic slash beat-em-up shock, you know, explode heads, Game of Thrones style. <laughs> like, I, you know, I, I can right. suspend this stuff. Um, but there's a couple of things that I don't understand, and even, like, now, having benched this, it was in the back of my mind. I want to get your thoughts on this. And it deals with, like, the superheroes that are chipped, like the tracker chip Mm -hmm. in them. Mm -hmm. First off, of course they're not all chipped. I mean, you know, Homelander can't be chipped. I mean, because he would never stand for that. Like, why or how are certain superheroes or soups chipped? And why do they not get tracked? And kind of a follow-up question... Okay, one of the major plot points in the first couple episodes was Huey and Annie and and him hacking her phone so that it would be traced and tracked. You know, they went to North Carolina in the show, which is like, yeah, hey, look, you're going to North Carolina. Why are these superheroes able to do what they're doing and not being tracked specifically and at least we don't know by the government or by vault or whatever like like i don't understand how because it it felt like hey look you're chipped you're tracked you can't do this but then they do and and it doesn't have any sort of payoff end of the day um well starlight took hers out i don't know why there wasn't a thing where it's like alert the ships out there's got to be alert where it's like it's where i'm not in a warm body mm-hmm. but i think um with the other ones like let's say it's a mave mave yeah. is second to homelander power i think at a certain point like especially with homelander you can't control them yeah there's you saw they they sent that Vought team there, and that was such a chilling scene when it was that they were all in that room. 
and he shut the door. Yeah. And it yeah. was like, no one's getting out of here alive. Um, with the chipping, I don't know why there wasn't a team immediately after Starlight, like just being like, hey, where, where are you going? Like, you know, obviously you can be like, hey, it's out right now. Where are you going? Like, I, I think it's a suspend, it's a suspension of disbelief. I think it's. Um, I think some of it is to show, like you were saying, is to show like with even within these soups, there's still a class system, and there's some like the deep who has a power that is not like necessarily like lauded or or desired or. Coveted. I will say though, whenever he was Philip, whenever he was doing that. Every the sharks were attacking the boat. It was like, did anyone else be like the deep? He's doing his thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Is, and he had a superhero pose on top of the whale. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, the yeah. deep. He's back. He's back. <laughs> and then it was like, I'm gonna ram the whale. I was like, oh no, oh no. But Chris, no, I was, I, I was 100 percent with that until it's like, wait. This dude completely sexually assaulted. Well, that's the point. Like, my favorite, I, but character. that's the point, Patrick. <laughs> is that the like you the things are not either good or bad. Equally no, so, right. it's well, like these things. Right. So obviously it, that's it's, obviously that's bad. But Bot yeah. had to cover it up the most. Yeah, and listen. Like, I was just happy for a split. Honestly, like kind of. Like, it, it's kind of like when Michael Vick threw that seventy-seven yard touchdown against. I was like, "Whoa, Vic's back!" <laughs> like you know, oh, yeah. and he's you know, it, he's it, still you're, you're he's still a dog killer. The, yeah. the terrible thing, it's like like who wants to know the horrible truth, or who wants to see me hit a few dingers? Like you know, kind of. Well, <laughs> you know, no, like okay, so the dogs and Vic, uh, steroids and Barry Bonds. Yeah. Um, it, but it's that. It's uh, exactly it's that. Sexual, sexual assault and Aquaman, or, yeah, or the, the, yeah, you know, the, whatever. Um, like you know, can you separate art from artists? I, I mean, it, it, it's this underlying question that that's out there. I mean, it's like it's, it's tough, and there's no easy answer. And you know, we all have demons. Well, we you all know, have whenever issues. you think about that, you think about rehabilitation. That's their craft. Like, do you allow them to go back to that? And there is an argument of that's a privilege. That's a very big privilege. You should go to like ditch digging. Or another thing that's not, but then what is it like? Is being an insurance salesman is that too above the sexual assault guy that like did his time and that? It's like what is the line we have for rehabilitation to come back? It, it's a difficult thing. It involves forgiveness, but the fact that the reason I'm for it is because it adversely hits a lot of African American males, and the fact is, if you say, "Well, you did that." And you can only come back as a ditch digger. They're likely to go back to a life of crime because they're like, I'm already on the outskirts. I'm already this. I might as well do. I can't. I'll never go back to society. It's a difficult thing. It's a difficult thing to reconcile, reconcile because you also have to think about the families that they affected. It's difficult. Yeah. No one's ever going to yeah. agree on it because honestly, if someone killed my daughter, I want them in jail for the rest of their life, and I don't want them doing anything else unless it's just like shoveling poop. And it's it, it's it's there's no right answer to like you know we look at the deep. Is there any redemption thing he could do for what he did to Starlight? It's 
you, you don't know. Right. I mean, like or, or everyone's going to have their own opinion. You can only do it. You can only deal like justice. I, yeah. I think that's the point of the show in, in, in that respect. And that's what is exploring. And that's what I really like about it. It's like, yeah, it's, it's really complicated. Speaking of which, I think we got to end it here. It's been a lot of fun. It's been no, this has been great, y'all. Y'all, thank you so much. This was a really in-depth conversation. Yeah, Chris, we we just uh, like really thank you so much for for taking the time to do this with you. It was a joy. Everybody out there, don't forget you got to rate, review, subscribe. Don't miss our next episode. You never know what's going to come up. It's going to be a classic like this. You never know. Um, you can always find us online. Contact us at uh, SC Boys Pod on Twitter at stokes county boys on instagram we're doing a lot of fun stuff there email us if you got a long rant we will read it i will read it at least and i'll read it to patrick at you can email us stokes county boys at gmail.com don't forget we got a spotify playlist any of the music that comes up it's in the show we you type in stokes county into spotify chris you're going to find two things you're going to find this this podcast and you're going to find our playlist all right. Remember also, you can support the show. Give us direct support. This is as DIY as it gets. So each, uh, you know, whatever you can do to support, we appreciate it. Anchor.fm slash SCBoys slash support. Little as 99 cents a month. You can keep us going. We're doing bigger and better things. 2021, we've got some merch coming. We got some live shows post-vaccine. We're working on this stuff, Chris. We're going to make it happen. So once again, Patrick, as always, thanks for doing this. Thanks for indulging me for the past like six, seven months and doing this. And Chris, thanks a lot for coming on tonight. Chris, thanks for putting this together. Yes, Chris, thank you. Anytime you want, come on, buddy. So shout out to the Stokes County Boy Podcast and the Patron St. Andrew.